All right, guys, thank you for that. It's Tuesday, which means that it's time to highlight our community spotlight. And we've got Mary O'Connell from Check Call here to talk a little bit about the biggest plague in the 3PL world, double brokering. Mary, thank you for being here. Anytime, guys. It's the best part of my Tuesday mornings. We're excited to have you on as well. And Mary, jumping into it, what are going to be some of the top things that you have to look at when looking into investigating double brokering potentials? Yeah. So, I mean, everyone that has spent some time in a brokerage or on the brokerage floor has either been affected by double brokering, someone next to them has. It's honestly probably the worst thing about working in a brokerage. And it's, unfortunately, it's inevitable. So um, really just, it's all about that due diligence. So ideally, your 3PL, your freight brokerage would have some sort of, um, they would have some sort of guidelines or standards in place that they prefer to, um, that they prefer when hiring new carriers or bringing new people on. So um, one of the number one things you want to look for is that length of service. So typically six months is a good time um, because anyone that's running a double brokering scheme is probably going to have, not going to have much um, authority or activity at, for longer than six months. So they're going to have that shorter time period. So that's where you really want to look at some of that and, you know, review those safety ratings. If maybe they don't have a lot of history, um, you know, ask someone else in your office, say, Hey, have you ever worked with this carrier? What's the situation? Um, because it's the more information you can get on someone, the better. And then also um, trust your gut, because if you know that this deal seems too good to be true. You know, like he suddenly has a team he has, uh, or they have a team. It's going to be, Oh, it's going to be like $500 less than anyone else that's quoted you for this load. And it's going to pick up today, or it's going to pick up in perfect timing. Maybe do just a little bit more homework because that does seem a little too good to be true, especially on some of those more difficult team loads or some of those trickier ones that are harder to cover. Um, sometimes you do get lucky and you find this great carrier that's able to haul this load for you. Um, but more often than not, you might get caught up in a double brokering situation. That's really like the hallmark of every scam awareness, right? Is like, if it seems too good to be true, it's <laughs> definitely too good to be true. But a lot of times brokers, especially new ones who aren't new to the industry or who are maybe looking to hit those numbers and book this freight or they're, they're crunched on time. They, that's when you find themselves prey to a double brokering scheme, right? Is you're not doing that due diligence and you're you're maybe more focused on completing the task than making sure that it's done correctly. Where are some of those places where double brokering most happens? Is it random load boards? Is it calling up the carrier and being like, hey, I can do this, but this guy can do it for cheaper? Like what, what where does that happen most often? I would say that the easiest place for you to fall victim to broke to double brokering is um, gonna be with those load boards. Um, just because, you know, people take your load or anything like that. It's just an open market. It's just the same as if I went into a coffee shop with a piece of paper that had a load on it and stuck it up there. Everyone can see it or anyone that has a login or walks into that coffee shop can see it. And um, it's just, you know, it's out there. And so you, anytime you put anything out there, you're going to get the good and the bad. So um, just know that, you know, if someone calls you and they say, oh, I saw your load on this load board, or I got this load for you, I'm just going to go ahead and take it. Don't worry, man, I got you. And if they're real kind of like, you know, when someone's a little sketchy, a little skeevy, and you're like, if you start to second guess it, just just walk away. Um, Ari, I mean, if we were to jump into the mind of someone that does do double brokering, 
would you think that they are someone that just does this as their main thing? Someone that just kind of dabbles in it every once in a while or really just like, hey, I don't know what I was doing. This I was just kind of crunched and I just need to find a solution. Is there any kind of like trait or anything like that that you look at that person that does partake in double brokering? I mean, as someone who does not basically commit crimes all the day, all the time, um, <laughs> I would think that this is, this is, this is not something that you just wake up and go, oops, I didn't mean to do that. Um, you, it's a plan. You have, um, a system in place, you know, you know how to bounce your MC numbers off different places. And, um, you know, you just, you know how to be a little shady, a little shyster. It's just kind of part of who you are. Like some people are dog people. Ooh, some people are, um, you know, some people really like the show friends. Some people just really like to be a little shady, shysty and commit some double brokering. It's just who someone is. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any solution as to why someone would do it other than to try and, you know, make a quick buck. But even then, like, it's not that quick of a buck, you know? Yeah. So. Breaking, breaking news. Mary O'Connell's not a career <laughs> criminal. I, I never would have guessed. That's what a guessed. criminal would say. That's, that's exactly what a criminal would say. <laughs> no, but the, the interesting thing about double brokering is that it's not illegal, right? There is right now, there's no full legislation that says that this practice is not something that can be legally brought down for fraud or anything like that. The TIA, which is of course, one of the biggest representations of the 3PL industry is really fighting this fight. And they have been for a long time to put together laws that say double brokering is illegal and does have consequences. When you're talking about now, obviously they're the advocacy group for the 3PLs. How many of these 3PLs are back on this train of thought as well? And throwing that support behind TIA saying, you know what? Yeah, we're losing money. We're losing talent. We're seeing people be really badly affected by double brokering and we need it to be a full criminal offense. Yeah. So it's technically like, I guess, illegal according to the FMCSA. Whereas like if you're caught double brokering, you lose your MC number and you lose your authority with the FMCSA, but then there's nothing stopping that person from going and just filing another, uh, uh, like authority and filing a new MC, MC number for, um, for their new carrier. That's the same thing. They're just going to keep double brokering. So, um, that's where it's definitely, um, it's not, it's not like you can go to jail for it. It's just, oh, you don't get your, you don't get your MC number anymore, but there's also not a lot of resources there to enforce it or try and like, you know, stop them from reapplying for a new MC number. But as for 3PLs, I mean, it's been on the rise so much the last few, like at least the last month or two, almost everyone has a story of, oh yeah, so like, couple people in our office got taken for it a couple people here like it seems like it's just kind of affecting everyone it's like the cold going through an office but it's double brokering which honestly i think i'd rather have the cold than deal with that so um it's definitely something that is happening a lot more and it's like i think that there just continue to be more and more support because it negatively impacts just about every 3pl and freight brokerage and there's no real good to come from it when you're doing business like that so or like when you are dealing doing business with someone that is double brokering so i would imagine that a lot more 3pls and freight brokerages are throwing in to support um, the di efforts to you know help 
criminalize this on a federal scale. And so with those brokerages too, number one way to prevent this is to get your people properly trained on what to look for, right? Are we seeing more brokerages um, start initiatives of training better and invest in training their staff to avoid this? So training has been something in 3PLs and freight brokers that um, has been a, been a thing. It's been a really big thing. It's been a big push for the last year and a half. So if not a little bit beforehand. So it's one of those where it's really um, important to, you know, take that time. If you don't have a dedicated training program or you don't have dedicated, like these are preferred guidelines that we like to use for our carriers. Um, this is the safety rating we like to them to have. This is the a minimum amount of time for authority, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't have those, that is something that you like today, you should sit down and start coming up with what you want an ideal carrier to look like and what you, and some of those baseline minimum standards for carriers. Because if you do not have them, then you are just going to keep getting hit with this. So if you at least have some guidelines in place, then those exceptions, and then you can work those exceptions and those one-offs, which to my knowledge, most people do have some sort of baseline level of um, some sort of baseline level of like rules that they like for their carrier. Um, but that being said, it can still happen to the best of them. And um, it's just, it's, it's anybody's luck, but it's the biggest thing is just train your people, know when something sounds too good to be true and trust your gut. Cause if somebody's fishy, then they're going to be, it's not going to be a good time. Awesome, Eric. Great tips throughout this show from you, of course. And of course, people can find you on Check Call. What time does that air? If you just keep watching Freightways TV all the way to 1230 today, you will come across Check Call. Do not click off. Just keep watching Freightways TV. There's a lot of great Tuesday content. And then after the show airs, the newsletter should be out around two. And, you know, we'll keep it, we'll keep it fun this afternoon. Who knows what memes we'll have. There you go. All right, Mary, thank you for that. We'll catch you this afternoon. Right now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Freight Waves now in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm.